0: We are operating on the same model that we had in place 10 years ago, and that is revenue is generated by a database. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in 2022. That is no longer a viable model, and you guys need to figure it out.
1: Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. With everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders, With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. I'm Adam Moore here in studio with Chloe Goodry-Reed, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the state of supplier diversity could look like in the future. As more diverse businesses continue to grow and develop, the realm of supplier diversity will likely take on several changes and adapt these diverse business markets has become larger and more complex. So it is important to understand where we have come from in the supplier diversity space and do our best to predict what's coming. So, Chloe, are you ready to look into your crystal ball and try to figure out where supplier diversity might be in the next five years?
1: I am ready. I am ready. Excellent. This is something that I think about often. So I... right. I definitely think it's something, and I would love to hear our listeners' feedback on this post-production as well.
0: Oh, most definitely. Most definitely.
1: But when I think about, you know, what did the world of supplier diversity look like 10 years ago? Mm -hmm. I can't say what it looked like 10 years ago, because I wasn't a part of this ecosystem 10 years ago. So what, what, what do you think? I can say from five years ago, but 10 years ago, what is, how has... The supplier diversity. If we level set and talked about the future, I want to look back at the past first.
0: If we look at it in two different two different streams, right? So if we look at it from a how big are the programs uh, and that type of thing, I think ten years ago uh, the programs weren't as advanced or as numerous as we have now, Right. right? right? The scope of Practicing supplier diversity managers probably wasn't as great as it is now that we have. Uh, there definitely weren't as many firms, uh, corporate firms involved as we have now. Uh, and the different opportunities for MBEs and diverse owned businesses to go take a class at Brown or Rutgers, those didn't really exist. They started coming about uh, and there were a few Ten years ago, but you know, it seems like there are opportunities all over the place for diverse business owners to continue their education, sharpening their skills, both soft skills and business skills, to position themselves better in today's marketplace. I think that those opportunities are far greater. I think also, uh, ten years ago, we didn't have quite the same amount of tools. Uh, in that, uh, the different reporting portals. Uh, that were out there, the different ways that we report tier two spend was definitely not as uh, advanced as we have today. So I think the idea of reporting has come a long way. Then when you start looking at five years ago, and really up in today, there hasn't been much change. Yes, programs have expanded. There are more corporate flags at the national events. Supplier diversity you're not having to explain it as often as one used to. I can remember when I first came into supplier diversity, I didn't even know what I was doing or how to define it. That's not a part of the conversation you're really having any longer, right? People kind of know what it is and what it should do. But as far as the way that we're doing it, that really hasn't evolved. Right. Right. The, The process is still there. The process is MBE creates business, gets certified. Corporate goes to certifying agencies and tries to find diverse supplier, right? right? So, I, if we're looking at this from like a uh, supply model, right? Like if we were going to be manufacturing diverse suppliers, it's a pull through model, right? Right. I, I, <laughs> so, I, sir- so I, true. I'm, I'm I'm pulling the product through the line and supply I'm supply chain it. 101. Yes, exactly. It's supply chain 101. I love that. Uh, So really, I don't see there being much of a difference. Is there more? Is there better? Is there some different tools that we have? Most definitely. Right. At the core, have we changed really how we're doing supplier diversity? No. Right. You know, and and I think we're seeing that. And you and I have talked about this on uh, past episodes where the newer generations of business owners are kind of looking at us like. What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? Why why is there a value add here? I don't see it. I don't see the value add.
1: Or they're but struggling it, to even get certified, i.e.
0: They're
1: not even getting that, no. that, that higher ground is dealing with. I mean,
0: no, I I was working with a veteran business just yesterday. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I do is I volunteer with uh Novova, which is one of the veteran certification groups, and I am a site inspector. So I'm like the last thing they have to do to get certified, mm-hmm. right? And I'm talking to the business owner He goes, you're the first life face I've talked to in this entire process. He's like, I cannot tell you how many times I wanted to pull the plug on getting certified. Hmm. Sounds right? familiar. Yes. Sounds familiar, doesn't yeah. it? And so it really kind of made me stop and think, knowing that we were recording this episode today, that what are we doing? <laughs> it, you know, We are rinsing and repeating time and time and time again. And I and I have said this even at when I was on the corporate side of the world, right? It felt like We didn't really need to do any yearly planning because the year, all we did was take the 2019 plan and make it the 2020 plan, make it the 2021 plan, you know, and and we just kept going with it. So, you know, as I look back, yes, we've we've made great grounds. Don't get me wrong. I think that the work that the NMSDCs, the WeBanks, the NGLCCs, the US PACs of the world have done a great, great thing. They have gotten the message out there. People are aware of it. Um, And so really kind of that hard hurdle has been jumped. But now I think my personal opinion is we as supplier diversity professionals, as anybody else in this space, really has to step back and go, what do we do next? Right. If if we in the next five years continue doing it the same way, I think we're going to see a retraction of the advances we've made in supplier diversity, actually, because I think people are going to not abandon it. But it's just not going to be as top of mind prevalent.
1: Right. I agree. I don't think that necessarily people are going to abandon it. But as as future generations start coming into the workforce and as they start coming into entrepreneurship, I think that they're going to start questioning these very some of these processes and the value that certification and that supplier diversity brings to the supplier side. And I think what you'll see is a shift, right? Historically, all these advocacy agencies have been focused on corporations. That's their bread and That's how they make a lot of their money. We will see a power shift because more and more companies have said, you know, we're outsourcing this, we're outsourcing this. There's not that we're doing inside of our organization Anymore, there's more and more that we need suppliers, and we're we need to find more suppliers, and we need to make sure that they represent the communities and they really see the true value of it. But they're not going to have enough suppliers to choose from.
0: I think we have several tough things ahead of us too. I mean, if you're if you're watching the market when we're recording this episode, right, we have uh, increased inflation. We, you know, we're teetering on what could be a recession. We're definitely in the middle of a bear market. Right. So financial indicators are not not the best we've seen in the last 24 months. Right. Um, We're still in the pandemic as well. So we're still in the tail end of that. Correct. Which means corporations are going to start tightening their belts. Right. And what are they going to start looking at? They're going to start looking at the departments that are expenses. Well, right. That so goes the supplier diversity model. Right. Right. And they're going to start there and go, well, why do you need three people when if you're doing the same thing over and over again, can't you do it with maybe one and a half? Right. Right. right? right. Or, or they're going to sit there and go, that's fine, but we're going to cut your your budget in half mm-hmm. because we need it in R and D. We need it over here, right? So the supplier diversity budgets are going to start getting slashed. And why is that? Again, it comes back to what we were just talking about. It's the there's the the innovation is just not there. Yeah. Right? And I see everybody kind of standing around pointing fingers at everybody, right? The MBEs are pointing fingers at corporates and the uh, certifying agencies going, you guys need to do something different. Yeah. The corporates are pointing their fingers back at the, uh, the certifying agencies and the MBEs going, well, you need to do something different. And the you know certifying agencies are looking at both their constituencies going, well, what are you guys going to do different, right? And so nobody in my mind has stepped up. We have the NSDC standing there going – what, in the next five years, I can't remember what their timeframe is, they want to see a trillion dollars overall spent with diverse suppliers. Right. That's a phenomenal number. But to your point, we don't have enough suppliers to even get us there. If we used every certified supplier that is on record, we still couldn't get there.
1: Right. We still couldn't get there. And that's what I'm saying is like, if we look at and peel back some of these issues, certification being one. So to your point, around the experience and you know, that that supplier saying I was about to pull the plug on this until he met you. Right. How many countless others have said, I'm going to pull the plug on this and not get certified. And then they don't that that spend is not captured. There are probably businesses who have said, we're not we're not going to do certification or we're not going to renew our certification. Maybe we were certified, but didn't see the value. We're not renewing it. And then if corporations are only looking at certified owned businesses, then therein there, there lies the challenge.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And so you know, and then the other thing too is how many people aren't getting certified because I had their friend try to get certified and it didn't work. Or they were like, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you don't want to do that. So how many people are getting turned away before they even start? Before they how many people start? even know how many people even know that you can get certified? I remember working with a yeah. uh, diverse owned tech firm. And he was like, "I didn't even realize this was a thing."
1: Yeah, trust me. Literally, all my friends that are entrepreneurs, when I tell them what we do and about yeah. education, they're like, "Oh, I didn't realize that that was a thing."
0: I that was a thing.
1: Had a single friend of mine say, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm well versed in supplier diversity. I know all about it." Not a single person. So no, I think we no. do a little bit more outreach if we want. If we really, really want to move the needle, I think um, when we think about the future, I think certification will be more digital. I, I honestly do. I mean,
0: there's. It's got to be. It's
1: got to be. It's got to be.
0: It's got to be more digital. And it also. We, they need to go back and re-examine. And I think you and I have talked about this before. The process, they've got to evaluate the process. There's so many bottlenecks, so many antiquated questions. Yes, exactly. It's just, it's crazy. It'll drive you out of your mind. Um, the other thing too is we, the MBEs out there, they need to start holding corporates and the certifying agencies accountable, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and Great. kind of follow me on this a little bit, right? They want more. And I get it. I I hear you guys. Right, right. right. But I'm going to point a finger back at my MBEs and Mm -hmm. say, you guys are letting them get away with it. Yeah. You are absolutely letting the corporates and the certifying agencies get away with doing mediocre jobs. 100%. If the MBEs actually being the larger group out there, right, the way more group. MBEs, yeah. way more MBEs than corporates, way more MBEs than certifying agencies. If you guys actually put a collective together and started putting pressure on government, started putting pressure on regulatory agencies yeah, and saying, we're not taking it any longer. That's mm-hmm. where change starts to happen. Waiting for a corporate to wake up and go, We need to do better than we're doing, really not in today's market, and barely when we are in good markets.
1: I think you're going to see that. I've been in some directions as as early as last week around some of these things and really trying to, because what's happening is corporates are like, look, we are behind on our goal. What's going on? So they've got the right of these MBEs. And so they're like, why why aren't Mm -hmm. you getting certified? Why aren't you... You know, how come I, how come I can't find you in any of these databases? And they're explaining it to them unapply, like, no, this is not, this is how this is, this process went for me. This is, it needs to be revamped. I don't have time for this. I'm not seeing the value. They're very open and candid around the challenges that they've had and why they're foregoing You know, being involved in these organizations moving forward.
0: Exactly. And corporates are done with the I have to have five different logons to get into five different databases to try to find a comparative set of suppliers I can logically take before my sourcing teams. Right. That is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And in the spring, correct me if I'm wrong, Chloe, but in the spring, was there not a meeting held in the upper echelons about combining these databases? How much has been done? on, How much have we heard about that since that one meeting?
1: Nothing, but they're not going to because they all have their own P&Ls and it just, some in feel like they're losing if they combine all of these
0: databases. We are operating on the same model that we had in place 10 years ago and that is revenue is generated by a database. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in 2022. That is no longer a viable model and you guys need to figure it out.
1: I agree, you know, and I I wouldn't say just to the certifying bodies, but companies, when you look at historically, when they decide to not innovate, what happens to them? Real example of how they were the leader continue to say, oh, we don't, we don't think people are going to get on the internet on their phone or or we we don't think that people need messaging. Like people, you know, no, we don't, we don't, we don't need that. And then they become obsolete. And I think that there is a true, true, true chance that that could happen. And I think that they need to step, take a step back and think about what our value is. Is it certified? Is that the core of what we do? Then how do we make this better today? How do we get this into the 21st first century? Is it exactly MBEs or weebies to corporates? Okay, then let's shift our focus to that and let somebody else run some of the certification pieces. Let's automate this so we can actually do the work of connecting. Exactly.
0: And where are where's the leadership in trying to decide what businesses we need out there? Mm-hmm. Right. All too often on the corporate side you hear, oh, that that diverse business doesn't exist. Or, you know, that this too hard for somebody to break into. Okay. So then how do we change that?
1: How do we change that? You right. bring an ecosystem. Right. If, it's, if it's a capital intensive business, a lot of these corporations have venture arms or strategic investment initiatives. Correct. If we're really, really serious about moving the needle, let's look at some of these MBEs or these WeBs or these veteran-owned businesses that are already working with us, that are doing great work. How do we help them scale through access to capital and mentorship internally?
0: Yep, exactly. You have
1: to be able to, you can, you can only control what you can control, right? And that's it. I think that the first step is is tackling it internally at the corporate level.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But then you sit there and go now to play the devil's advocate, right? Yes. I don't know about you, but my phone has been blowing up all day about this tech, ta- you know, this group just missed their, you know, Q numbers and this group just missed their earnings numbers and this group just missed those earning numbers. How do we fight that tidal wave? Right? That but this has been the age-old question in the diversity. how do we stay relevant to a publicly traded company? When In all honesty, relevancy is the price on the street.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that there are so many ways. I think when you look at procurement and consolidation on spend or utilizing minority suppliers or women-owned suppliers to help drive down costs in certain regions, you know, there's so many things. I think also as supplier diversity professionals, I think, you know, we need to start connecting to some of these other business units, the innovation teams, the, the sales team saying, what deals are you working on? What innovation are you working on? Can I connect you with a diverse supplier that can help with expediting this? Or can I help connect you to a diverse supplier? Because this client or this prospect is actually requiring that that we have this. And then this helps us with deal. I mean, so many different things, but you've got to tie it back to it. You've got to be able to tell the story and then be able to show the actual ROI. Yes, we helped this sales, you know, close this new client deal based on a diversifier participating in it. All these various things, you've got to be able to track and measure that. That's what we've talked in the past about how important it is to track what you're doing
0: track it, track it, track it. Right. Exactly. Not documented, not done. And then it kind of goes back to some of the other stuff that we've talked about too. Right. And that is, we have to have some innovation around that. In other words, everybody's operating in silos. Right. I, I can't tell you, it feels like every day I learned about a new group who's like, Oh yeah, well, we're an innovator over here. We're an innovator over here. There's no synergy of mass, right. You know, and it, and it feels like some days I, I, all of us are spinning our wheels, but if we kind of combine some of this stuff strategically, we could have that mass behind it and keep going. Absolutely. Yeah. You know,
1: absolutely. Yeah. That's how you definitely move the needle. And I don't know why, why that doesn't happen more.
0: I don't know. I don't know. It, It really kind of boggles my mind. You know, I do think that there are some groups that have these little fiefdoms that they just kind of protect. Yeah. You know, whether it is, you know, a a company, a firm, that type of thing. they just, they're very scared about sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, there is competitive advantage issues. I understand that. But I think we have to realize that if we're going to make a difference in this for a lot of different people, we have got to think differently than the way we've been doing it. Absolutely. And I don't know about you, but it feels to me like a lot of the rhetoric I'm hearing right now is we need to change, we need to improve, but then that sounds all great. The applause is done. And you're like, so where's the where do we start? Yeah. I've yet to see somebody say, and here's the five step plan. Here's the 10 step plan. Here's what I'm doing tomorrow. You know, it's just like, we've got to do it. Everybody's like, yes. And then we disperse. Right. And, and, and I'm afraid is missing. We're, well, and we're losing steam. We're losing mm-hmm. headwind. Yeah. Right. We are losing headwind, people. I mean, think about where we were. 18 months ago after the george floyd murder right right we could i mean the world was on fire and we were changing things right've lost true. we've lost right. the momentum we've lost it we lost it
1: yeah and i think as so much as like it is the the bureaucratic nature of all the red tape inside corporations compounded thank you with being in this pandemic compounded with now the market you mentioned you know tightening there's a lot of factors that that are contributing to things not progressing in a in a faster way or a faster pace but you know what we've always been dealing with challenges so we can't use these always as to why no. we're not moving the needle around this work anymore. we really can't there's no excuses. No.
0: and and i don't care what your ethnic background orientation is we all can't lose momentum. No,
1: we can't.
0: Right? Because all of us have to keep up the pressure. All of us have to keep moving it forward. It's not just a one group. It's no. not a one group issue.
1: We all as a collective that care about this
0: need to be We've got to taking steps forward. We've got to, right? And we need more people to be having these type of conversations like you and I are having today. These conversations have to keep going. We have to keep bringing it to the forefront and we have to keep people thinking about it. It's the only way we're going to get change done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when you think about the future, what are some things that you would like to see?
0: So is this, is this Adam's supplier diversity utopia that I'm designing?
1: Yes. That's exactly
0: what I want to call it. Oh, good. Oh, yay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm going to, in my explanation, because this is not going to be a multi-hour or multi-part podcast, I'm going to simplify essentially a very complex idea, right? Um, And that is change Change has to start at the root level. Yeah. It absolutely has to start at the root level. And by the root level, that means all of my MBEs. And when I say MBEs, I mean every diverse certification known to mankind, whether it's a W, a V, an A, an M, whatever's in front of your LGBT, whatever your designator is in front of, you know, business enterprise. Right.
1: (laughs) Slash owned business.
0: Slash owned business. Right. Exactly. We got to band together. And we have got to demand change. We have to demand change from our government. We have to demand change from our corporates. And we have to demand change from those who are representing us in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's going to start. It's not where it's going to end. but That's where it's going to start. Right? What does that look like? I don't know. Right. But I do know that there's more of us than them. And it's a very loud voice. Right? So amazing. we have to demand change. We have to sit there and basically say, same old, same old's not going to work. Right. right? And if that means we don't get recertified again. Okay, if that means we stop going to conferences, okay. you know, we've got to figure out what does that mean? Is it we just become louder at conferences? We become kind of more bold and not loud, like, you know, protesting loud. I'm talking about we're having the conversations. We're forcing the conversation to continue in a public space peacefully. I'm going to make sure I'm saying this right peacefully. But we can't just. Say, ah, uh, that's how is. That's how it always is going to be. We're like, no, show me the change. Show me the change. Show me the change. Mm. Then I would love to see the government step up and go, you know what? We have been silent on this issue for a very, very long time.
1: Mm.
0: Right? Really, when you stop and think about it, the only thing the government has come back and said is, yeah, you guys need to do this. And we're going to expect you to do it. And right. part of you being in a corporation is going to be you doing this. But they've never made it easier to do it. Mm. Right? They've never reduced some of the risk that a corporate has to take on. And let's, now let's now let's be fair to the corporates. They haven't reduced any of the risk that a corporate takes on bringing in a diverse supplier. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of wonder why is that? Why, when they have the power to sit there and go, you know, you would have this exemption or you can go through this shortened process or you don't have to have as much right. bringing in a diverse supplier because we're going to help back you on that. Right. Okay, where's that? Like
1: a sure is of some sort. Right. It's revenue focused. Exactly. But that, but, and that's exactly. And that's not the case with every. It's not to say that just because you're using an MBE or a WBE that it's more risky than I mean, we
0: no. we just no. don't get the
1: luxury of messing up. We get called. The carpet gets
0: Thank you. under us exactly. a lot faster. Yes.
1: And yes. everyone knows when we mess up as opposed to, you know, non-diverse firms, you know, they, they get given a lot more face, unfortunately.
0: And, you know, like the expression goes, and it is true. Nobody got fired from hiring one of the big four. Right. 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 Because what's going to happen? One of the big four messes up. Oh, the government would be like, oh yeah, well, we use them too. So we get it. Uh, Accidents happen. Right. You and I mess up with a fortune 50 contract. Yeah. Oh well why why do you know how much risk you assumed by doing that? I'm like not much more than Deloitte.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, everybody
0: else. They do
1: screw up right as well. Not you know, I love them because, and there's no no nothing
0: against them. no no, but nothing against them.
1: Everyone makes mistakes because it really just comes down to the individual.
0: Because I was about to say we have to hire humans still to do this job, <laughs> exactly. and we're fallible machines, okay? We just are. Um you know, so the government has to step in there and say, hey, what can we do from a policy and procedure standpoint that makes it less scary yeah. to use the first Because in all honesty, I'll put my corporate hat back on for a second. The number one risk to a corporation is onboarding a new supplier, yep. whether you're doing a million dollar job or a hundred million dollar job. That is the number one risk to a corporation onboarding a new supplier, period. End of story.
1: End of story.
0: I would want to see the NGOs change the way they're doing business too in Mm -hmm. Adam's new utopia. Right. And, and, and yes, we still need you to certify them because I think there is some definite value in that definitely helps prevent fraud. And for those folks that are truly a minority owned business, you know, we don't have people trying to defraud the system by becoming, you know, by claiming that also when maybe that they're not a diverse owned business. Right. So I think there's a degree of safety there. Um, I think that, that also brings a level of professionalism and just reassurance to the entire process. So I don't want to ever want to see the certification process go away. But I would like to see them take a more proactive of um, stance in developing brand new MBEs, mm. right? And this is this is something I have talked about. And in, in my utopia, I could go to somebody and go, "Hey, I need to talk to your incubator team because you know we need to have such and such supplier. We need to have them stood up inside twelve months." Right. Right. And then this incubator puts together the company. Yeah. And now I've got a brand new supplier in the ecosystem. We talked about the head of the show right there. It, if we implied every certified owned diverse mm-hmm. supplier and we use every one of them, we still wouldn't get still to a trillion. Still
1: wouldn't.
0: So we've got, to cre- we st- we've got to create them. The problem is we're always playing a zero sum game right? We've talked about it. Some people, A, they sell their business. They just don't become certified. A, a thousand different reasons to why you lose a certified business. And then on the other end, we're bringing in new businesses, but we're not overall, we're not gaining by leaps and bounds to a point where we can hit this trillion dollar number. So in my utopia, we would be... Um, have our NGOs would be that center for us to go to, to create these companies. They would be a creator, not just a certifier. They'd be a creator. Yeah. Right. And I think that looks a lot different than the model that's in play right now where they, I know the NMSDC basically has their um, triad. I think it's called where they have money to go buy businesses to make them diverse.
1: Yes. I've been seeing that. That was what I was going to say. There is a lot of that happening. And you know, I, I, I think that that's one strategy. I'm watching to see how that
0: all works. I'm watching that too, because you and I both know the purchase of a company is tough.
1: It's tough. Right? The management and of a company there, is tough. You've got to have some exactly. Now You have to have a certain passion there are days you want to quit and you've got to <laughs> you are definitely days something to higher than that day-to-day.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of watching that like interesting idea. Let's yeah. see how this plays out. Yep. Yeah. I, I still don't know of anybody that they've done anything with. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's, there are several other organizations that are focused on this, um, identifying Mm -hmm. There's a lot of private equity and mezzanine um, funds that are looking at acquiring some of these companies and then entrepreneurs who or budding entrepreneurs or people who have or aspiring entrepreneurs. But, you know, and this is not, of course, there's always outliers and unicorns, but Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, what I've seen is them, you know, pull them from business school or undergrad programs. And the problem is, if I go back to myself back then, I didn't really know how business worked in practice.
0: No, no, not you at all. I mean,
1: like not I bad knew, bad. but I didn't really know. Once exactly, you get these younger entrepreneurs who are probably very ambitious, very smart. But when it comes mm-hmm.
0: to understanding
1: how to navigate both your business and also understanding how corporates do business. I think that that's mm-hmm. going to be the huge learning curve. And a lot of times we don't always share exactly how we work large corporations. You know, we don't, because right, no. you have to ask us very pointed questions around how things work and how right. things need to be navigated. There's not a, a playbook around here's how you navigate working with corporations because unfortunately another hurdle, everybody does things differently.
0: So Right. It's just, right. it's just some of those things. Everybody does everything differently. And, you know, we kind of pointed our fingers at um, our different agencies and, and think tanks that are out there. And we're like, you guys need to stop our operating in silos. Well, our corporations, they really operate in silos internally. Yeah. Right. I mean, talk about groups. And
1: it, yeah. Oh, my
0: goodness. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. The one group has no idea what the other group does or even how their processes work. And how could they? As big as some of these groups are. I mean, in all honesty, how could they? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot to do. There is a lot to do. There is a lot to do.
1: You know what I would like to see that I feel. Please tell me. You know, it's been heavy on my heart is okay that there are pioneers in that help establish supplier diversity that are now approaching, you know, mid to late 80s. You know, thought yeah. leaders that have were so instrumental into the in the rollout mm-hmm. of this plan and of these initiatives across government, across corporates, establishing some of the advocacy agencies. And I appreciate it. we are not capturing a lot of that knowledge. No. You know, what happened no. what were some of the challenges. How did you overcome them? Who did you talk
0: to? Mm-hmm. How
1: did you collaborate? Because this had to have been a collaboration effort.
0: Oh, you know what this off the ground. And the other Mm -hmm. thing
1: is we're not doing a good job around succession planning. So part of succession planning is that knowledge transfer, but the other is identifying and training up this next generation of leaders to take on this role. I mean, what we want the future of supplier diversity to be, if we don't have young people who know what it is and we're, Positioning them now in roles or as entrepreneurs, then no matter you know the best laid plans are are going to just fall apart because no. we don't have anyone to no. execute it.
0: No, exactly. And 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 supplier diversity succession plans handled a lot like any other department. It's like, well, when that person leaves, we'll go hire somebody else. Well, when that new person comes in it's a brand new department all right. over again, Right. It, you know, brand new way they're going. And, and goodness knows how much experience they're bringing in and, and goodness knows where you went and got them. Right. Right. Because there is still, and you and I have talked about this before. And let me say it again, there's still no centralized kind of golden rule mm. to what we do in supplier diversity. Right. 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 We, we have a bunch of best practice documents. Okay. That's nice. Right. But there's still not been any, standardization of supplier diversity, right? There's no it, like accounting, right? We have gap. We have gap. I, I know mm-hmm. how to do accounting. I know how to do accounting reporting, right? right? I know how to report those numbers out. I know exactly what you want. It is the, you know, sky's the limit when it comes to supplier diversity, Yeah. you know, and, it, and, and it is, I, I look at reporting coming out of supplier diversity and just shake my head. Because it is all over the place. It is non-standardized, you know, and and it is up to the interpretation of how departments want to make themselves look. Right, right. And again, so we have nobody to blame but ourselves because nobody's come back and said, we need to standardize this.
1: We do, we definitely
0: And then gotten serious about it. I think we've said it, but nobody's gotten serious about it.
1: I'm hoping that that's what we're going to do in the the supplier diversity executive roundtable is come up with a methodology that can be shared and adopted across industries and across. Yes. I mean, across seas as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. want this to be the standard and it makes it easier for anyone to fall into these roles and know what to do. And it should be something that's a living document.
0: Exactly. But something that's also regulated and reported on, just like your accountants are.
1: Absolutely. I also think when I think about what the future of supplier diversity thinks, and this is not necessarily like my utopia, this is just what I think is, is the direction that it's going to be moving in is I think that, that it's definitely going to still be focused on diversity, but I think there's going to be a focus on local and small businesses. I
0: agree. I agree. And I think there's going to be a much more, what are you doing in this individual market, this individual city, this individual area, Right, and not just such a global, what are you spending in general? Right,
1: right, because more and more companies, more and more cities, more and more chambers are very focused on the economic development of their cities and their states. How do we hold businesses and corporations accountable for their part of the economic development pieces? How do we support the local and small businesses that are in our? I mean, you see all these grants you know, given out by cities and different things because they're trying to spur corporations. Mm -hmm. And I think in turn, you're going to see, hey, working with some more of these diverse owned businesses as well. Some of these small businesses that are in our backyard. Hey, we would like for you guys to tap into those a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And and I think that's a good thing, right? I think that starts to go back and and starts showing that intentionality that we talk about on the show all the time absolutely right and and once we can finally start kind of drilling in on that and we can show progress in that we can show and again this kind of comes back to some uh, the reporting thing we just talked about that's great economic impact is great showing that we're spending money in these communities but what has that done right right really what what did that do right you know i spent uh, you know 10 million dollars inside this community awesome what did that really do right right and that's the next part we've got to to contemplate so yeah you know as as you and i are talking about just we're kind of looking at the whole kind of mind-blowing idea of how do we improve yeah it seems to me like we've kind of distilled it down to we have to standardize reporting and like hardcore standardize it
1: we've got to hardcore standardize it we've got to start thinking about what the future looks like and who's going to lead us into that future and trying mm-hmm. to come on and be part of that future. And how do we
0: exactly bring up
1: that next generation of, of leaders today?
0: Exactly. I think
1: that I think that there needs to be an overhaul and a re-examination reexamination of how we certify businesses. How do we make them mm-hmm. cumbersome and make this more accessible for people? Get certified. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're certifying whether they're a woman or that they're a minority or that they're a veteran. Right. Right it should be easier for us to do this. And I agree more available for more businesses who want to be mm-hmm. to these various communities.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, I think we can both recognize that this is a, a titanic task to try to, to bring this all under control. Um, But I think it we have, we have to start somewhere. We have right. Yeah, you know, we, we have to start somewhere.
1: We have to, because I just think that mm-hmm. it's so important for future generations. And if we're not, spending our time improving the lives of next generations and the people around us. And what are we
0: doing? Exactly. Well,
1: thank you so much for listening.
0: Wow. Be
1: sure to connect with us on LinkedIn at Chloe Reed and Adam Moore. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave us a review on Apple podcast and check out our previous shows.